Welcome to a special episode of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry focusing on God's unconditional love and grace. Today we're continuing to bring you highlights from the 2018 Healing is Here conference held at Andrews Karras Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. God has already given you the power that you need to be healed. You don't need God to give you something more. And now, here's Andrew. This week, we're going to be going to our Healing is Here conference that we did back in August of 2018, and we're going to be playing some of these programs. It'll be a little bit different than my normal program where I'm just sitting here teaching, but it was really powerful. We saw over a 1,000 people heal. We probably had 1,700 people that came to this conference, and it was really powerful. So watch this. Open up your heart and expect to receive from God. You know, I started telling this story about when we got the call about my son being dead and immediately we had these feelings of grief, sorrow, anything that anybody else would have. But this exact verse, the Lord spoke to me, let not your heart be troubled. If you let your emotions go, if you let yourself get into unbelief, it's going to be hard, hard, hard to overcome this. And so Jamie and I immediately agreed we immediately spoke our faith and we had enough wisdom from the Word of God to know that death and life is in the power of the tongue. So we weren't going to speak something contrary to what we believe. So we didn't say anything for a long time. I mean, we went, we got dressed, we had to get up and get dressed and head into Colorado Springs. It was an hour and 15 minutes, didn't have cell phones in 2001. And so uh, we didn't know what had gone on. And finally, I just, I was feeling so much grief and sorrow and things come against me that I just said, I am not going to let this happen. I am not going to grieve even over the death of my son. And I started praising God. And I started saying, Father, you did not kill my son. You didn't do this. I'm not blaming you. You're a good God. And I just started praising him and saying, Father, thank you. And whether our son comes back to life or not, I am going to serve you with everything I've got. I just started praising God. And you know, it's like priming the pump. When you start praising God, maybe I didn't feel like it then, but when I started just encouraging myself in the Lord, again, go back to that chapter 16, verse 33, in the world you shall have tribulation. He didn't say do this only when everything's going good. But when you're in the midst of tribulation, when everything is bad in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Not just when things are good. When you're in the midst of tribulation, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And I just started praising God. And within just a few moments, man, all of a sudden God brought prophecies back to my remembrance. Faith welled up and I started laughing not by faith, but by feeling. Mm -hmm. And I started saying, this is going to be awesome. Our son's coming back from the dead. He had been dead for nearly five hours, between four and five hours. He had been stripped naked, uh, put in a freezer in a morgue with a toe tag on, and he just sat up and started talking. It was awesome. And after being dead without oxygen for over four hours, there was no brain damage, no more than he had before. (laughs) And today he's alive and well, and we've got a granddaughter that just turned 16 years old, and 
Life is good and it, it, good things are happening. And you know why? Because we grabbed hold of our emotions and did not let our heart be troubled. Some of us are saying, how can you do that? The rest of the verse, you believe in God, believe also in me. You know how you let not your heart be troubled? Faith. Believe God. Well, I don't feel like believing God. Faith isn't a feeling. Faith can involve feelings. Sometimes you have feelings, but did you know actually you are operating in some of your strongest faith when you don't feel anything. When I saw my son raised from the dead, I wasn't feeling faith. I did it because it was the right thing to do. Did you know some of the biggest failures I've ever had is when I felt awesome <laughs> because I wasn't really trusting God. I wasn't acting on what the word said. I was doing it because I had a goosebump. I had a feeling and man, that was, I was confident in that. Feelings are fickle. Feelings come and go. When they are good, enjoy them, but don't transfer your faith over to them. Don't start saying, I know God's going to do something because I feel it. If you feel it, enjoy the feeling. But don't trust your feelings. Don't let feelings dominate you. What I'm saying right here is foreign to, I'd say, 99% of the body of Christ. The vast majority of people go 100% by how they feel. Man, you pray for them, you quote the word, you have a prophecy, you do all of these things, and they say, well, I just don't feel any different. That's not faith. Man, I'd like to say a lot of things, but you know what? I hate to drive you off in the first day. <laughs> Daniel and Carly will be a lot nicer than I am. You come back and you'll laugh with them and you'll have fun and it'll, it'll be good. But I'm telling you, just pull your thumb out of your mouth and grow up, bless God. <laughs> you need to start using some faith. Well, I don't feel something. Well, who cares how you feel? Why is feeling so important? Well, I just don't love this. I just don't feel love. Well, then you're just carnal. That's what it is because in your spirit, there's love, joy, and peace. The born again part of you loves the people who hate you and the people who persecute you and the people who use your name despitefully. The born again part of you is identical to Jesus. And you have his love and stuff. And when you go, well, I know that the Lord says I'm supposed to forgive. I know the Lord says I'm supposed to love him, but I just don't feel it. Well, you're, you're saying I'm just not going to operate out of my spirit. I'm going to be carnal. You probably wouldn't say it that way, but that's exactly what you're doing. But I, I feel fear. Well, then you're carnal. There is no fear in your spirit. Are you going to walk in the spirit? who you are in Christ? Are you going to appropriate what he's done for you? Or are you just going to live like a normal, natural man or woman? I'm telling you, it's so simple. If we would cast our care over on the Lord and not let things get on the inside of us, Satan just couldn't overwhelm you. You know, I prayed with a man today over here that's been diagnosed with cancer and in the natural is supposed to die, but he's just happy. He's trusting God. They're, all of the reports are bad, but he says, I'm just fine. Amen. And he's praising God. 
And I told him there was a woman that came here to school and she was given only six months to live and they said there was nothing they could do for her so she never went back. And it's been, I don't know, <laughs> five, six years. She was given six months to live and it's five or six years and she's just healthy as a horse. And why go back? They said they couldn't do anything for her so just keep going and she's trucking and she's doing good. Amen. I'm telling you, Satan cannot do anything to you without your consent and cooperation. And one of the things that, cooperate, that cooperates with him and enables him is fear, worry, care. You could describe this in a lot of ways, but what it is, it's not trusting God. You just aren't trusting him. He's already promised that by his stripes you were healed. If you really believe that, you wouldn't be so concerned. And we do have a part to play and it is possible that we could miss it. And God's will doesn't always come to pass, not because God's the one who fails, but because we don't appropriate it. But even if you miss it, you go to heaven. You live forever in a mansion on streets that are paved with gold. You got no reason to gripe or complain. You got no reason to be upset. If you get healed, it's awesome. Use it for a testimony. And if you die, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing to worry about. If you could get this attitude to where, man, you just praise God. You know, it's like the three Hebrew children. They commanded them to bow before the image and they wouldn't do it. And he brought them up and he says, I'll give you one more chance. You bow and I won't punish you. But if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And they said, oh, king, we are not careful to answer you. In other words, we aren't afraid of you. We aren't afraid of what you're doing. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we still aren't going to bow. They said our God can deliver us. They were believing for it. But even if it doesn't work, I'm still not going to bow. I don't care. That is awesome. Some people think, well, that was a statement of unbelief. No, that's just a statement that, you know, not everything works perfectly. We fall. We live in a fallen world. God doesn't always stop persecution against us. We're redeemed from sickness and things like that, but you aren't redeemed from persecution. All those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The only Christians that aren't persecuted are Christians that don't live godly. If you live godly, you will be persecuted. People will hate you. People will criticize you. So there are times that things don't work out and they were saying, we don't care if you do kill us. We still aren't going to serve you. And you know what? They happen to experience a mighty deliverance because when you put yourself in that position where you're just resting in the Lord and you're at peace, it really hinders what the devil can do. He has to have your cooperation. Satan has to have your cooperation to destroy your life. And when you're at peace and when you just say, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. I'm going to believe in God. I'm going to trust God. And man, if I win, I win. And if I lose, I win. I can't lose for winning. Amen. You get that attitude, man, it's a powerful position to be in. When you cast your care over on the Lord, look at this passage over in 1 Peter chapter 5. 
The same thing is said nearly word for word in James chapter 4. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. You can define pride in a lot of ways. Most people only define pride as thinking you're better, superior to everybody else. That is one manifestation of pride. But did you know that low self-esteem is pride? Did you know that being self-confident or you can do everything on your own, that's pride. Pride can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. And did you know that taking worry and care and trying to solve all of your problems instead of casting your care over on the Lord, that's pride. You can see that if you keep reading in context. So he said, God resists the proud, giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do you humble yourself? Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. If you haven't cast your care over on the Lord, if you're worrying about things, how is this going to play out? And you just cannot get over it. It is tormenting you. You haven't humbled yourself. You haven't cast your care over on the Lord. You're in pride. You are trying to fix this. You feel like the responsibility for this thing is upon your shoulders and you're bearing all of the responsibility. I'm telling you, there is a position of strength when you just get to where, you know, again, this is what Jamie and I did on the way in when our son had died. I just said, Father, I'm going to love you. I'm going to praise you anyway. I am not going to grieve over this. I am not going to be destroyed by this. I don't care how it works out. And when you do that, man, that puts you in a position of strength. I mean, the devil can't stand that. He can't stand. He doesn't know how to relate to people that don't fall apart when something goes wrong. He just can't understand why is it that I just hit you with this and you are praising God and you're still happy. What's wrong with you? Man, that's the way you react to things. But you know what? You can't do that if you love yourself more than you love God. But when you get to where you love God more than you love yourself, it's just like, who gives a rip? You can get to a place to where you love God. And, and you know, I honestly, I've said this and people question whether I mean it, but honestly, I'm just in love with God and I don't, I don't have a five year or a 10 year goal and I'm not trying to get, oh God, please help me to get this done. I don't have anything that I want God to do. All I want to do is know God. God has told me to do these things and to the best of my ability, I'm following that. But you know, if God was to tell me your time's up, turn the ministry over to somebody else, turn over your $120 million worth of assets and just give it to them and move to a grass hut in Africa. I'd be content to do it. I'd probably be by myself. <laughs> Jamie's idea of camping is not getting a suite in the hotel. I don't know if she'd go with me, but I'm honest. I could walk away from this. I've done what God told me to do. This isn't my baby. This is what God told me. If you haven't seen the video about the Little Star video, you ought to go watch it on our website. Gilbert Jackson saw these buildings, dedicated this property to Christian education and had a vision of this. And before I knew that, I designed it and we had this building built before I knew that this was his vision. This is what he saw. 
This wasn't my vision. I didn't come up with this and ask God to help me build it. God gave this vision to Gilbert Jackson and without me knowing anything about it, I fulfilled it because it was God's vision. It's not my vision. I'm not, I'm not trying to get God to do something. It's his. And if he wants me to walk away, I can walk away from it. I mean that with all of my heart. I could walk away tomorrow. I just don't care. What I care about is knowing God. I've cast my care over on the Lord. And you know what? God gives grace to people who've humbled themselves and cast their care. So I'm saying this, this applies to a lot of things, but this applies to healing. That you know, if something's going on in your body, one of the ways to deal with it is just to get to where God, I know that you've already provided it. I'm believing and receiving, but even if for some reason I don't obtain it, who cares? I'm going to go to be with you. You'll take care of whatever isn't undone and you just lose your worry about it. Worry, even medical profession will tell you that stress and worry hinders your immune system. Your body doesn't function as well when you're in fear and when you're worried about something. But when you have joy, a merry heart does good like a medicine. You would just be shocked how well things would go if you just cast your care over on the Lord and say, God, this is your problem. It's your problem. Now that doesn't mean you extract yourself because God uses us and you say, it's your problem. What do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you tell me to do, but I'm not going to stay up trying to figure out how to solve this problem. Man, that's awesome. Back in John 14, one, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe God. And then he starts talking about in my father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Why did he start talking about heaven? Because he had just told you not to worry, not to take care. How do you do that? Well, one of the ways you do it is to say, you know what? If it never works out in this life, if I never see my mate saved, if I never see the money come in, if I never see my body healed or anything, man, in heaven, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to live in a mansion. And you just start living by faith and saying, ultimately, I will win. And it helps you to put things into perspective. You know, some of you have heard me tell this story, but I go to Charlotte, North Carolina every year. been doing it for 33 years. This will be, September will be my last time to go after 33 years going. And anyway, I had a partner there that every time I went, he would have me come in and speak to his uh, staff. And he had about 30 people and he tells them the clock is running. You listen to this man talk as long as he wants to talk. And I would just talk to him and then go back into a back room and pray with them. And we saw people healed and born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I did that for many, many years. And anyway, one time I went there and uh, there was a woman that came back to talk to me and she had tried to kill herself the day before. She was an alcoholic. She was in her third or fourth marriage and her husband had told her he was going to divorce her. They were dirt poor. I actually went over to her house and I mean, it, you could throw a cat through the wall of the house. It was just planks up and some of them were warped and knots out and you could literally put an animal through the walls of the house. That's not an exaggeration. It was, she was a mess and she had tried to kill herself the day before. 
And so she came in and she was just crying and she says, I'm not a Christian like you and Chip, the owner of this business, but I know that God's real. And would you please pray with me that my husband won't divorce me? It'll be my fourth divorce. She said, I just can't stand it if he divorces me. That's the reason I tried to kill myself. So I told this woman, I said, now let me make sure I got this straight. I said, you aren't a Christian and you know you aren't a Christian. And she said, that's right. And I said, if you were to die right now, you would go to hell instead of heaven. And she says, that's right. And I said, and you want me to pray for your marriage and not pray for your salvation? And she said, that's right. And I said, lady, don't you realize after you've burned in hell for a thousand years, you aren't going to give a rip whether this marriage ever worked out or not. Who cares about your marriage? You need to be born again. And it's just like I slapped her. She just stopped and she looked at me and she says, you're right. And so I prayed with her and she got born again. And then we prayed for her marriage. So I'm not saying that marriage is unimportant, but I'm saying you got to put things into perspective. Compared to eternity, what is your marriage? And yet I can guarantee you there's people in here that you've gone through a divorce or something has happened or you're struggling in your marriage. And because of that, you just cannot let not your heart be troubled. You cannot rejoice even in the midst of tribulation. You feel justified in doing this. And you know what? Even though there are physical reasons, and I'm not saying you don't have a problem, your future is so bright, you got to squint to look at it. And if things in this life are so bad that you just honestly feel like nobody knows the trouble I feel. Nobody knows my sorrows. If that's the way that you feel, well then close your eyes and look at heaven and think about how awesome it's going to be in heaven and put things into perspective. That's what the apostle Paul did. Second Corinthians chapter four He said in verses 16 through 18, our light affliction, which he had suffered more than anybody in here had ever suffered. And he says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So how was it that he was able to take his terrible problems and say, it's just a light affliction? It was because he put it into perspective. It's just for a moment. It's only for 30 or 40 years. Compared to eternity, that's nothing. Amen. I know what I'm saying is just as foreign to most people and that's the reason that most people go through life stressed out And when something bad happens, you struggle and you have to run and get somebody else to help you. It's because you can't control your own emotions. You don't even think it's possible. That's not even a goal for you. You just fall apart. And then after everything is total destruction, after you've had intercourse with the devil and let sin and sorrow in, then you try and stop the birth of that sin. That's the wrong way to live. That's just as wrong as a woman who doesn't exercise control and she gets pregnant all the time, but she never wants to have a baby. That's just wrong. The way to control that isn't to just sleep around and then use abortion. It's to stop doing it. You will never have a baby if you don't conceive one. I promise you, there is only one virgin birth and it's not you, you aren't the second one. (laughs) Likewise, you'll never have the devil 
Just destroy you if you keep your emotions under control and let not your heart be troubled. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we continue bringing you highlights from Kira's Bible College's 2018 Healing is Here Conference. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on April the 12th and the 13th for our David musical. I tell you, this is powerful. We had one performance of it at our dedication back in the month of November. It was spectacular. We are gonna have two performances on the 12th and then again on the 13th of April. I know that Christian and musicals don't usually go together, but this is top drawer. It will minister to you and it's a great way to share the gospel with some people that might not come to something else. It's gonna be at our facility in Woodland Park, Colorado, April the 12th and 13th. Check it out, The David Musical. You can go to awmi.net for more information. We hope you enjoyed this edition of The Gospel Truth. Andrew would like to extend a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible for us to broadcast the message of God's unconditional love and grace all around the world. Because of your contributions, we've been able to put free ministry resources into the hands of millions in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. I'd like to encourage you to get our Healing Is Here materials. We've got it in deep in CDs right here. We also have DVDs that were made at the conference, and we also have a USB here where you can get the entire conference on there. And I tell you, this was powerful. We saw lots of people healed. And the way that Daniel Amstutz and Carly Teradez ministered along with all of our other guests and Audrey Mack, it was just a powerful time. You won't want to miss it. Our healing is here either on CD, DVD, or USB. Today, you viewed a portion of the 2018 Healing is Here Conference. This conference in its entirety is available on either a CD or DVD album or on a USB drive for a gift of $49 or more when you contact us. This valuable product includes 16 powerful teachings that will build your faith to receive your own healing and help you minister healing to others. Also available is the free God Wants You Well booklet. This booklet answers common questions about healing and includes a list of every time Jesus healed someone in the Bible. This valuable resource is available to you for a limited time, free of charge on our website at awmi.net. This offer is limited to one free booklet per household. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. If you'd like to write us, use the address on your screen. Thanks to the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries, Karis Bible College is raising up more disciples than ever before on the sanctuary property. But what if you can't make it to Colorado? Being a stay-at-home mom with three kids, it would not be possible for me to pack up and move to Colorado. I knew God wanted me to go to Bible college. I made up my mind and said to God, I said, I know I'm going, whether it's Colorado or wherever. Is there an option for you? With over 70 campus locations around the world, there is a place for you to begin your journey. 
If that seed's there and you've got something close to you like we do here, you've got to go for it. More than likely, God's already speaking to you about going to Karis Bible College. You just need to make the step. You will never, ever regret going to an extension school. It will change your life forever. Join the Karis community of like-minded believers by discovering a campus location near you at karisbiblecollege.org.